You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. Hello. Hello. I'm Paul Mann. And I'm Tom Canning. And one day we'll get that right. Um, (laughs) Welcome (laughs) to episode 133 of the Real Reading podcast, where we discuss the week's top stories and get really niche about reading. Um, This week we are discussing everything from yet more flats are written in big capital letters um, to uh, where the flipping heck is the sun. I think the actual answer to that is right behind me, because currently... It's very sunny out, which is uh, which, which is very nice. Um, a bit of admin. Um, this is going to be the last podcast for a few weeks. We're going to take a little break, recharge the batteries, um, get some, you know, general enthusiasm uh, and all that kind of thing. Uh, I'm having a little holiday. Uh, Paul, are you having a holiday? Oh, I wish. No, I'm not having uh, a holiday. But, yeah, I understand fatigue with podcasts and all that situation. <laughs> yeah, you you were that. telling us before we recorded how many you've recorded in the last year? Uh, well, since about last September, between something between 150 and 170 of different types wow. of podcasts. And that's, that's enough. That's, that's an enough. awful lot. Um, Rach, you're you're obviously on holiday currently for um, holiday. <laughs> oh, the look I've just received from um, <laughs> from someone else who is on holiday currently. What, what is a holiday, Rach? Oh. Please explain to me what that is. He's being very. Um... What's the word? What, what, maternity leave, so that's yes. just chilling for a year. Yeah, um, chill out session. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The baby takes no looking after what No, I, I know from, from experience. No, uh, sorry, apologies to all mothers out there. I am well aware that maternity leave is not a holiday. If anything, it is exactly the opposite of a holiday. Don't get me wrong, though, it is very nice. <laughs> have a year away from work or 10 yes. months away from that's lovely well, but there it's we, not there we a, go. a holiday I'm <laughs> uh, uh, making sure that the Tom Cadding shovel was removed there yes, <laughs> we're going into yeah. a very big yeah. hole I, I do just have to remove the frying pan that I've just been hit over the head with <laughs> um, she's used the cast iron one that we've got as well which uh, made me wince ever so slightly um Dear, oh dear, oh dear. Um, don't forget to give us a like on Twitter at Real Reading Pod. Um, if nothing else, just to berate me for that awful slur on the mothers of the world. Uh, and you can search out Real Reading Podcast Group to join us on Facebook. Um, Rach, big news at the weekend. Um, we got exactly nil point in Eurovision. Shocker. Uh, and there is a there is a little uh, there is a little reporter. I don't think this has been written locally. I think this is one of those articles. Oh no, it has been. No, 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 no. Completely wrong. Um, sorry, I was looking at the right. It's not been written locally. Um, it's been written by Dave Doyle and Dave Doyle, um, who put his name down twice on this. But it's one of those little articles that I gets shared around. Twice. So so good, exactly. Um, this is after. Uh, 
Britain got nil poids in the most recent Eurovision Song Contest. I believe we were represented by a chap called James Newman. Um, did, did, did either of you catch his performance? You did, Paul. Yeah, I did. And um, he's a very talented writer, apparently. And okay. um, like I'm Hugh Ford. Do that classic thing of saying, no offence, but he really should stick to that because the <laughs> performance was <laughs> awful. <laughs> Oh. It did deserve. I'm not going to hold back on this. It deserved nil points because it was dreadful. It was really, really poor. What and was, was the song bad or he was bad or both? Combination. Yeah, it was both. I mean, if he'd have released it in Eurovision maybe 20 years ago, it might have done well. But unfortunately, uh, Eurovision is moving forward. It's pushing the boundaries. It's you know, it's it's trying new dimensions. And he really wasn't up to speed with it. Um, Eurovision's good though, Tom. I mean, you've got to be a fan of Eurovision, haven't you? Um, I, it's never bothered me, but I, I have watched it and I do appreciate the the sort of the joy of it. I think it's uh, I think I really enjoyed the film they made um, with the uh, uh, fellow that's got similar hair to me um, in Elf. What's his name? Oh, for heaven's sake! <laughs> Colin Farrell. Will, Fe- Will Ferrell, Farrell. not Colin Ferrell. Have you just compared yourself to Colin Farrell there? No, <laughs> no, I have not. No, I meant I meant Mr. Will Ferrell. And the uh, the rather lovely Rachel McAdam, and they that was it. I enjoyed that film particularly. I enjoyed Pierce Brosnan. I always enjoy Pierce Brosnan when he's playing silly characters. Um, so that was rather good. And um, the gist of this story uh, is, um, you know, either we should just not bother, or can we just call Elton John? Which you know, I, I'm pretty sure even Elton John, I think, would probably struggle to get any points. It's it's um, it's it is a. I, th- I think though, Rach. I think we're getting to the point now where genuinely we might be on the list for next year. You and I, after our famous, uh, famous, Ooh, famous trio in uh, in the Cavisham uh, nightclub, yeah. where we uh, where we came second. Well, the, the harsh truth of it is, Tom, that we couldn't do any worse, could we? That we is, that is. Nil point. <laughs> yes, I do have concerns over our songwriting ability. Um, we were obviously covering a we tune. Have to write it. We can get somebody. Oh, we, we could yes. to write it. Yeah, there, there must be. We're Paul, all Paul about you've performance. We, we, yes, we're, we're, we're performance, aren't we? And uh, Paul, I, I suspect you might be quite good at writing ditties. I don't know where you've got that idea from. I don't know, I don't know either. I don't know either. But, but. <laughs> what about the bloke who was in it this weekend, last weekend, James Newman? He's quite good at writing songs. He's got Grammys for them. Oh, well. He's clearly quite talented. So get him involved. Yeah. Get us all in. Get Hugh in there as well. He can be on the drums. Mm. I'll be on the guitar. I can't play it. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's your vision. <laughs> we can fake it. Get Rach on the old um, uh, solo, seeing the old uh, vocals yeah. up oh. front, and then we can win, can't we? Yeah, yeah, easy. I think it's solid. Mariah Carey bit. With yeah. Air grabbing when I hit the high notes. Yeah, if, I don't if, think with the Eurovision, does anybody ever expect us to actually get any points? Though it's not a surprise. That's not why no. we did it, is it? I don't we know. know I, I, we're not going to win ever. So it's it certainly a been a long time. I mean, we've got real music. That that's yeah. the difference. That's the way I'd put it out there. Is that we actually re- have music that's listened around the world by bands. Um, I don't think many of the other countries would have such a rich kind of history of music that is listened to by so many people. And yes, that is slightly bitter. And I'm going to put it right out there. 
<laughs> as as the as the one of us, Paul, that watches Eurovision, uh, I, I think you're allowed to be the to have the final say on it. So oh, I'm still hurting, Tom. Still oh, hurting man. deep down. It's still it's affected me very very badly. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. Is, so so every year you're like, this is our year. Are you, are you sort of are you no. whispering? Are you whispering? It's coming home. <laughs> oh um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, it's coming out. It's coming. <laughs> See, that would be a better entry. Oh, Music's yeah. coming out. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, we just enjoy it. It's fine. You know we're going to be rubbish. Yeah. It's just yeah. an enjoyable, light-hearted evening, isn't it? I can't yeah. get too involved. And people saying we could spend the money in better areas. It's not that much money. You I know? wonder what – I imagine the money we spend on it is totally worth the viewing figures. 7.4 million people watched it, oh. and it had a viewing share of 48%. Right. So that tells me it's worth having on well, it, I, I obviously, I don't have, I think it's the Nielsen ratings in front. I don't have them in front of me. But if I remember Line of Duty, I think, was watched by about 9 million people. And I think that was one of the most watched things mm. of the year. So that's not far behind it. So that would suggest that the money spent on it is probably worth it. Um, you know. Half of the appeal, Graham Norton's... Hmm. commentary as he gets progressively more enthusiastic and jolly <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah more, well amanda holden was definitely quite jolly for the jury with the voting uh she couldn't tell the difference between any language at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah well um so yeah so so just you heard it here first me rach paul hugh on drums uh we're going to be in eurovision next year so uh vote for rach i think um maybe just at the end of the song we could we, we could take all our kids along and we could just sort of have them at the front just looking cute and i like, have just like a like a sign drops down vote for us or we can't feed our kids or something like that. <laughs> go for the sympathy vote. yeah 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 go for the cute thing yeah Something like I think we should. Crazy yeah. rock anthem, though, don't they? Often vote for countries that are properly, yeah, gone sort of heavy metal and things. I don't know what won this year. <laughs> it was Italy that won, and it was it was slightly. I mean, I used I hate using this word rock, but uh, <laughs> it was slightly like that. Um, it was about as rock as I don't know Cliff Richard getting getting his punk on. <laughs> but, um, it really wasn't that rock, but it was a little bit. But um, yeah, we can do it. We can do it. We can get out there Why and not? we can win it. Bring it home. That's what we need to do. Yeah. Book some rehearsal times, guys. Please. Yes. Take yes. it very seriously. Excellent. And it's a good thing we'll it's in, in honesty, we can bring back some cheap booze. Oh, and a a Toberone. Yeah, a selection pack, of course. (laughs) Excellent, excellent. But who gets to eat the white (laughs) Toberone? That's what I want to know. Oh, it's just a waste of space in the box. It is. What? Get out. Yeah. Oh, you're not going to tell me you're that kind of guy, are you? I'm a big, I'm keen on the white Toberone, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Right, should we move on and talk about something slightly more serious? Although I don't think we're going to get particularly serious today. Um, I've already struck off the the one serious story from our list because Hugh isn't here to uh, stop us um, going into territory that we shouldn't. So I've I've already struck one story out. So um, we'll move on. But before we move on to part two, here is Jeremy with how you can get in touch with us. Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreadingpod. And join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast.
Thank you, Jeremy. Um, right, first up, we have um, news that Reading Driving Test Centre. Every, every, but firstly, let's just let's just check. Everybody knows Reading Driving Test Centre. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Paul, did you did you do your driving test there, Paul? I did that and I failed it. So. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Yes, me too. Rach, did, did you? Uh, I did it there and I passed it. Excellent. First time. Yeah, I was trying to say that in a non-braggy kind of voice. <laughs> you failed. You failed miserably. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, I did pass first. It's um, it's a strange old building. It, it, I'm just I'm, I'm reminded because I, I sort of I blanked it from my from my memory. It was I did mine there well before I moved to Reading, and uh, I've, I've blanked I've blanked it kind of from because it was it was a traumatic experience. We did an entire podcast, um, I think back in 2018 on stories of the Reading Driving Test Centre. And I feel like these those specials we did back then are something we should maybe try and bring back on focus on specific things with you know with with horror stories. But um this is Reading Driving Test Centre on Elgar Road. Um is, is that Newtown? Am I right in thinking that's Newtown? The Newtown part of Reading? On the borders sure. of Whitley, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it might be. I can remember the building. I um, can't remember where it was. Anyway, news is. It was in the 90s. <laughs> Near Morrison's, isn't it? <laughs> yes, I think you're right, Rach. I think it is. Yeah. I think it is. Um, anyway, the, the news is that it's potentially going to be flattened to make way for 18 flats, which obviously oh, uh, will be has been greeted with... Yes, there's certainly. Um, I, I, I think this the whole through the whole sort of coronavirusy pandemic kind of thing. I think the one thing people have thought really hard, long and hard about is, do I really want to live in a crowded, built-up area? Um, I certainly thought that, and we've moved to a to a more countrified area, which is which has been great. And I, and I wonder about the sense of building so many flats. Um, I was kind of I was kind of wondering about the the stats. I don't know if if you guys all remember. Um, there was quite a tight corner when you come out of Reading's driving test centre. I, th- I think it's immediately coming out of the car park. There's a really there's a big concrete wall, and I remember being very sweaty and nervous about trying to get round it. Uh, and I wonder what the stats are of people who failed their driving test immediately after starting. Um, was there do, like a little? Do you have any any major memories of yours, Paul? Uh, yeah, I can give you a story I now. Think um, this was really um, one of my best moments in my life here. I failed my driving test before it actually got out of the car park. <laughs> 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 that is not even a joke. What happened was I was sat, I'm trying to remember, what was, I think I was in Henley where I did it because reportedly it was easier to do it there. <laughs> I proved that theory completely wrong. Um, we are in the car park, <laughs> and I hadn't noticed there was a car coming from my left-hand side, and I went to pull out, and the driving instructor had to actually take hold of the wheel, steering wheel, and stop me pulling out. At that point, I really should have just got out and said, oh, no, that's no. it, isn't it? That's it, big man. I'm done, aren't I? <laughs> but unfortunately... <laughs> I had to endure another half an hour. And most frustratingly, I passed it otherwise. No oh, other really Yeah, just because I wasn't paying attention. So, oh, so frustrating. But oh, life is a trial, isn't it? Life is a trial. <laughs> Have you passed it now? It is, mate. It is. 
no, I haven't rage. Um, there's lots of reasons why. And this always fascinates people why I haven't passed my driving test. But the main reason being is, I'm going to have to speak about myself here, is that actually I don't want the stress. And B, having a lung transplant is actually better for me to walk to places a lot. It kind of, I know a lot of people who've had the transplant and they have kind of like get into a world of bit of laziness and they don't do enough exercise. So right. that's how I justify it. And you don't really need it living in Reading. So. Now, as I'm getting older, I am st- as you sort of start talking to people, there are more people I know now that don't have a driving licence mm. than I ever sort of imagined, really. I understand why people want it, though. It's complete convenience. I mean, during this period, I wish I had one. Definitely. Oh. It would have been so, so much better to be, able to be able to go to places. But, yeah. Driving test nightmares, basically, at that time. And you'd do well to beat that one. Oh, right? mate. <laughs> but if it does close down, I mean, is it a definite? Because that will be a pain in the behind mm. to have to drive. Imagine as a learner, if you've mm. got to drive to any of those places you just listed <laughs> that are all, what, 20 miles away before you've even done yeah. a test. Mm. You know, you're going to be sort of stressed out and hot and sweaty before you've even started. And how does an area as big as Reading not have one? I mean, it's a huge area, it's isn't nice. it? Yeah. Well, and especially during lockdown, that so many people have been learning to drive, and there's like a huge backlog of people waiting to take their tests now because it's been closed for such a long period over over COVID. Um, do you think they'd at least perhaps <laughs> try and clear the backlog rather than just passing it off onto the other test centres? <laughs> you're right, it's down as big as Reading. They can have all these learners on like some kind of rotation system firing in the map, they're all backlog. It'd just yeah. be uh, the roads wouldn't be safe, would they? Because <laughs> you'll have these thousands of learners. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> it could be a bit dicey if you're driving up near Morrison's. Learners. Tested, yeah. spot a clipboard on the dashboard, you know, to give them a wide berth. <laughs> Foot down. <laughs> Legally, of course. Legally. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. I think um just, just get looking looking at the article, there there had been plans, but it had been previously said that the, the test centre was, was saved. Um but it now looks like uh uh the, it now looks like it's that's that's changed. That that has that has changed. I, I enjoyed um the, the, the press release from I think it's Maxica Holmes who says um it recognizes the need for more housing in Reading. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. There's a constant I was, uh... yeah. flats everywhere, though. I'm waiting for a planning permission on my back garden. I mean, there's no, I wouldn't be surprised if I suddenly <laughs> hear it one day. It's just relentless, the amount of flats. The Drews one as well. They just one of those being um, yeah. uh, turned down, has it, which is quite near to my house. And they've got a huge development on the train station site. Oh, it's going to be so many flats in this area soon. Surely that's going to have an impact on house prices overall, because just by sheer numbers... I don't know, yeah. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me want to move, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> come live next to me, Paul. Come and come come out to the country. It's lovely. Are you in Burfs? Are you in the Burfield? The, the um, jewel. Oh, lovely. oh yes. <laughs> Indeed. Jewel in the crown. <laughs> um, we'll move on to the second story. Um, this this the second story is oh. Sorry, wife and child just said goodbye. Apologies, podcasters, but, you know, it's always lovely to to wave at my daughter. I don't mind doing that on the podcast. Um, 
So the second story that we've got is the uh, University of a University of Reading professor is explaining why it's still so cold and when the hot weather will return. This is um, Berkshire Live's favourite weather forecaster, uh, Mr. B- uh, professor Roger Bruges, and I was hoping Hugh was going to be able to be on here to uh, to to talk about it. But does anybody know why it's still so cold? Because I recall this time last year during the first lockdown, the weather was absolutely delightful. And it made the the lockdown seem slightly more bearable. But but this year it's just been dreadful. Um, in, in in it so much so we had a hot, it was a heat wave last year. So did anybody know what's going on? Uh, have you read the? Has anyone else read the article? I read a bit of the article. <laughs> and uh, you know, let's be frank here. This is what's going on, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. This is this is what. You know, I I, I've also realised for um, uh, any weather station or anything like that. You know, I'm not going to be suddenly on there going, "Oh, and in Birmingham today it will be 15 degrees." <laughs> that would be nice. And apparently, it's all about I've, I've Gulf also... Streams, Tom. All about Gulf Streams, oh, and okay. uh, whether you're we're on the right stream. side of it or on the wrong side of it. And uh, apparently, last year we were on the right side, and this uh, we're on the wrong side. <laughs> That's it, basically. Uh, yeah. We hit the unlucky sides, and it's been crap, hasn't it? The weather, absolutely yeah, awful. Horrible. But I'm sat here, I've, I've, and it's really sunny. So it's, mm. it's been really nice That's the last couple of days. Mm. I reckon it's going to be. I read a rumor. I mean, it might not be true that it's going to be 23 degrees this weekend. Oh, my God! Might see daylight. <laughs> 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 Um, I've also realised that uh, I have quoted entirely the wrong. I'm used to every single weather story on um, on Berkshire Live having a quote from the University of Reading's Roger Bruges. Um, he's written a lot of books about the weather, and in fact, it is Dr. Peter Innes who is an associate meteor- meteorology professor at the University of Reading. Um, so, apologies, Dr. Peter. Uh, I have wrongly quoted so yeah basically all to do with golf streams and what, what are you gonna what's gonna be the first thing you do when it what when the sun get, comes out it's hot rach oh just get out in yes. the garden and just uh, this time last year we were i mean i was furloughed still at this time last year and zach was off school but we were out in the garden all day we had the padding pool out we were eating dinner outside we had the fire pit out it was just it was almost like a little holiday um so i would do those things and also sort of with covid although we are strictly allowed to start doing a bit more now of meeting people and going out it would just be really nice to be able to meet a group of friends outside, have a nice big picnic. The kids go off and play all together somewhere. You know, it's just being able to get out and enjoy the sun and chill out in it, really. And maybe get my garden looking a bit less rubbish. That would all be Yeah, Paul, what about you? Are we going to be seeing those sparkling legs? Uh, yeah, I, they actually will be sparkling, sparkling white, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, one of the best things is not having to wear a coat, isn't it? Oh, yes. Not having that coat on. And also that dilemma, what level of coat do I wear? And also walking along, oh, oh I'm too cold. Oh, now it's rain. Now it's hell. Where do you go? Just thinking, actually. And also, just the basic thing about looking up and seeing that blue sky. 
it lifts your mood, doesn't it? Just oh, seeing 100%. that. There. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I agree on the garden. My garden, I've been looking at it the last few weeks thinking, I really need to do something with that. And now it's sunny. It hasn't improved. It's actually got worse. So I really need to get someone out there. So if anyone's listening and wants to do something and gets paid very little, I'm very happy to uh, invite them around to do it. <laughs> the problem is when it's so wet and then the sun comes out for a bit and then it's and the grass just goes like that and it looks like a forest again within a couple of days. It's a nightmare. Um, yes. and, yeah, like you said, just going at well, Rich and I went out for lunch one day last week, and you're there with an umbrella, a raincoat, sunglasses, uh, sun cream, <laughs> a scarf. It's random, yeah, to push because we just load the pram up like a donkey and just take everything we need, <laughs> yeah. No, I'd be happy to get out. It's so nice. I would love to have a barbecue, but a barbecue just for two people is a bit grim, isn't it? I don't know yeah. why. It's a bit grim. I don't know. It's kind of like yeah, the, 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 in the oven. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You might as well. But maybe with all the restrictions and everything changing, um, possibly, yeah, maybe I could be able. Yeah, vaccinations are firing up nicely, but let's not get into that. Oh, but, yeah. No. Beautiful barbecue. I'd love that. That is the best thing about summer, I think, actually. Yeah, I've oh got. I'm excited now. <laughs> I just want to go and cook some meat. <laughs> well, Paul, before we lose you to um to to the barbecue, let's uh let's let's call that a day. There, we'll move on to part three and the random question. I hope you guys have had time to think because it's a great random question this week. I think. Um, Hold so back in a second. Sorry, I just need to go and grab the boy as he's starting to cry. The random question. Hi everyone, we're back. That was a rather longer extended break. Not that any of you will have noticed because I'll have edited it so brilliantly, uh, but we've really had to scratch our scratch our heads and chins and wherever else um, to come up with 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 some some rather excellent ideas for this one. So the random question this week is um what secret conspiracy would you like to start? And this is this is conspiracy theories. Um what conspiracy theories would you like to start? Um Rach, what have you you've got one for us? One that you'd like I mean, to start? It's the, it's the truth, yeah. So when um... Okay, yeah. <laughs> yes, we've got to start all of these with this is the truth. This is absolutely true. But the absolute truth. So when um the Apex Plaza was designed, you know, it's all in that kind of pink marble. Yeah. Um, it's because it was modelled on, um, you know, like a child, you know, like a blancmange mould from uh, when you were young. So, and that was the inspiration for the architect uh, when they built it. And that's why it's sort of pink and quite turrety. Oh, right. That makes complete sense to me. Yeah, I, yeah. I believe that. Yeah. I believe that. <laughs> Good. Paul, I'm actually um, slightly convinced by it. I have to be honest. <laughs> Paul, what about you? What, 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 uh, what absolute truth do you know? Ah, oh, this is definitely true. I've, I've thought about this one and I flipped it up from what I was said I was going to do. It's a Reading <laughs> FC one. Oh, surprise! Chelsea are going to move into the Medeski Stadium whilst they are not in their stadium whilst it's being rebuilt and. They will extend it to forty-five thousand. Wow, so, that, that makes that makes perfect sense because there are a lot of Chelsea fans in Berkshire. 
Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Perfect. Well, yeah, exactly. If you just go on the train, you'll see that how many people yeah. get the train from Newbury and all these oh, areas and Maidenhead and Chelsea fans. Yeah. It's like blue is the colour. So that will be ringing around the Medeski Stadium very soon. I'll tell you what, it, that, that is, you know, that, that is a lovely way of the, of the club to, to, to give back after all the nonsense with Super Leagues to just go, right, do you know what, guys? You're not going to have to travel. Yeah. Just we're gonna we're gonna come to you. We're gonna come to you. Yeah, Brilliant. it'd be perfect, wouldn't it? I mean, I, I can't wait to see Reading play there with five thousand in a League Cup match. Yeah. <laughs> Forty-five thousand, be absolutely beautiful. Roman yeah. Abramovich, not at the games because League League mm. can't attend, but yes. he'd be watching from somewhere, won't he? Yeah, so be right. friendly, wouldn't it? We could all spread out even more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Completely COVID secure. <laughs> I'll stand to myself. Yeah, you could almost. Yeah, Paul. Um, when when you say uh, when you say sort of five thousand fans, are you already getting pessimistic about next season? Because obviously you were very pessimistic about this season. Uh, no, no, no. I'm just talking about a league cup match. I'll wait and see. Oh, okay. Be oh, right. Hopefully, I'll be optimistic. Let's wait and see. I'll be, I'll be positive. It's hard to know, isn't it, really? This is absolutely true, but there are uh, government quotas for how many people are allowed to hold driving licenses in this country. And so the IDR has been designed to kind of, you know, you know that, that on-ramp, off-ramp bit in the middle. The IDR has been designed to weed out the weak amongst us. So it's it's almost like a, it's sort of because so that you can go down there and the driving te- driving instructor can just scratch his chin and go, oh yeah, we'll, we'll stick him on because you're all you're, it's already decided whether you're going to pass your driving test or not. So so the IDR is there is just a a, a a sort of a realistic way of getting you of saying you failed because you weren't confident enough on the on off ramp. So it's a it's a way of them just like weed it because they, they they've decided already that whether you've passed or not. So they've but they've got to have a reasonable reason for for failing you. So that's what the IDR is there for. That's what that ridiculous little on off ramp in the middle where everyone goes, oh no, I don't know. There's cars coming from everywhere. You so that, that's traumatized by that. Yourself. That's what. Well, it, but it's absolutely true. Absolutely true. Human selection on yes. the IDR. Yeah. That is that's not yeah. what I was expecting on this podcast. They have to <laughs> it, be. It, it, goes, it goes right to the very heart of Ten Downing Street. That that one. I just always think that bit there is that you know in uh, in films sometimes where people are driving on massive American interstates and with about six lanes and things and they just close their eyes and floor it. Ah! Yeah, I feel like that's how people get on there. <laughs> I think that's I think that's probably correct. Yes, put down and hope. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do anyway. Oh, dear. Right. <laughs> shall we Shall we call it a day today uh, and for a few weeks now? I think that's a great way to end it. Um, some absolutely true conspiracy theories. <laughs> I look forward to those going around the internet in uh, over the next few days, going viral, um, sending us into the stratosphere in terms of listenership. So um, thank you, guys. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Rach, for joining us today. Hugh obviously isn't here, but so I'm not going to thank him. Um, but uh, here's Jeremy with how you can get in touch with us. Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreadingpod. And join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. 
Thank you, Jeremy. Um, as I say, that's it for, for now. Um, we are going to spend a little bit of time while we're off trying to get some interviews sorted out. Um, so we'll have some lovely people to speak to over the next few weeks. I think we'll be back sort of mid to late June. Um, I will put something on our social media as and when we are coming back. Rach is having a lovely little kissing session with uh, little Alfie. Hello. Oh, he's going to be all grown up in a month's time when we come back. It's going to be ridiculous. Oh, dear. Um, right. If you have a moment, please give us a rating and, and a review on your favourite podcast. That, that would be lovely. Uh, and we'll be back in a few weeks with more Reading podcast goodness. Bye. Bye. You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast.